Good evening. I pray that you are having a great day in light of all that's going on in our nation. I understand the stress and the complexity of the hour. Uh, I do want to make mention of this before we get started on this evening. I don't want to be insensitive of what is transpiring and what has taken place thus far. In the fact, in the event that we uh, are aware that someone has lost their life in what would seemingly be or started as what was called a peaceful protest. And again, we find ourselves in 2021 repeating some of the things that we did in 2020. I was uh, unaware of so much of was, that was transpiring on today until just recently when I was able to cut on the news and see some things. My heart is grieved in seeing what is transpiring in our nation, but I am also aware that the scriptures tell us that these things would take place. So I hope that as you see these things, you're not alarmed in a way as though it was something that we didn't know would eventually come. We simply find ourselves in the narrative of saying, now is that time as we see things unfold. I would like to take an opportunity to pray this evening, and I want to pray for our nation. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the peace of our nation. God, I ask that you would simply have mercy on us. God, there's no other thing to declare. We can look at one party and declare their wrongdoing. We can look at another party and declare its wrongdoing. And we can look at people and point fingers and, and talk about the complexities of our skin color and use that to define all of the answers. But in this moment, in this hour, Lord, I simply ask that you would be merciful unto us. Give us mercy because there is no other way that we will survive what is going on. Father, the spiral in our nation is, it, it is indeed transpiring. God, we see the decay of our nation happening. We see the division of our nation transpiring, in very, in, even in before, before our very own eyes. Lord, our fall is imminent apart from you. Therefore, Lord, it's mercy we ask for. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. I want to go on with the word of God. And some people may say, well, well, how can you preach in an hour like this? How can you not? How can you not? And I'm going to share with you the word that I have. Uh, and it's, it's kind of amazing. Like I said, I was unaware of what was happening in the news. Uh, I got a text, but I didn't see what was transpiring and, and really know what was going on until later. I had already had the word. So Let's go into the word that I believe that God has allowed us to have. The Bible says <laughs> in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, the Bible says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. You know, Sometimes we face situations that are dire, that are bad, that are not what we want. Um, what happens, though, when, we, when what we are accustomed to is gone, when the nature of the way we do things has been disrupted? We're finding, look at our nation even today, how disrupted our activities are now. People are wondering what is going to be, what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen with the electoral vote? What's going to happen with all of these things? What happens when the way we're accustomed to doing things is gone? The Bible says when you look at 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, and this is the scripture text I want to use for today. The Bible says, and David was greatly distressed. 
for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Boy, doesn't it seem like the soul of all of the people is grieved today. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Tonight, I want to speak to you from the topic, embracing the kingdom movement by encouraging yourself in the Lord. I, like I said, I had no idea what was all going on, but I believe that we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We can't expect other people to pat us on the back. We can't expect, expect everybody else to come in and applaud us. We need to learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Once again, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1, I want to start from there. And it says, and it came to pass, and David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. So there's an enemy doing something while David is away. If we're not careful, we find ourselves in perplexed situations where we're doing something, we're occupied with other activity, and an enemy is invading our areas. Verse 2. The Bible said that it had taken the women captives that, they, that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. See, I'm learning that the loss of someone or something dear to you can be difficult to bear. Sometimes when we lose different things in our lives, it's tough to deal with. It becomes a, a, a traumatic situation, something that we have to actually go through and process sometimes. So David and his men have come home and have found that their wives and their children have been taken, that the city or the home that they're accustomed to going to every day has been burned. It is a traumatic situation. It is something very difficult to sometimes process. The Bible says in verse four, then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. See, a personal loss is often discouraging. Uh, one, of the, one of the renderings for the word discourage means to take strength from. The Bible says that David and the men that were with him wept until there was no more power to weep. In other words, they gave all of their strength, all of their ability to weeping for what had transpired, weeping because of what was going on, weeping because of what they were facing in their city, weeping because of what had happened to them personally because of what took place while they were absent. The Bible says in verse 5, and David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoham, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. So David finds himself dealing with the same problems his people are contending with. See, I'm learning this. Titles or positions do not exempt you from life's problems. You cannot think because you wear a collar that your problems will be less. You cannot think because somebody calls you with a prefix before your name that your titles will be less. You cannot assume that simply because you've raised to some level of status in society that you will be exempt from life's problems. That is a misconception. That is a misinterpretation of the principles of life. And we've got to come to the place where we realize that we are all equal in the sense that we will all suffer the th same things throughout the course of life. Life has its hardships that each and every one of us must face. Verse 6, the Bible says, And David was greatly distressed. 
David has upon his shoulders the ability to lead all of these people. He has, his, his, he has become notorious in the sense of his ability to war and engage and win over the enemies. He's been uh, renowned or, or become famous, if you will, for being able to destroy the Philistines. He's carrying all of these accolades with him of his past accomplishments. But David in verse 6 is perplexed. The Bible says that David was greatly distressed. In other words, it affected him and his position and everything now. He too is dealing with this. He too has wept until there was no more power to weep. But look at the sadness of verse 6. The Bible says, and David was greatly distressed. Why? For the people spake of stoning him. The same individuals he was supposedly leading. The same individuals he's been side by side engaging in warfare. The same people that he's helped out and he's entrusted. This, these same people are now talking about stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But the Bible says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. See, David's dilemma is compounded by the people taking their grief out on him. See, grieving and disgruntled people are apt to point fingers. And it's easier to point the fingers at the people that are in front. It's easier to point the fingers at somebody else other than yourself when you're disgruntled and grieving. See, sometimes your encouragement is only going to come from the Lord. Let me say that again, because if you don't get anything else I'm saying tonight, I'm talking about embracing the kingdom movement by encouraging yourself in the Lord. Sometimes your encouragement is only going to come from the Lord. You're not going to find it by your best friend. You're not going to find it by, by, by the people you know that usually are in your crew. You're not going to find it by looking and said, well, you know what? My mom would always encourage me. My dad would always encourage me. Sometimes your encouragement is only going to come from the Lord. Stop waiting on somebody else to pat you on the back. Stop waiting on somebody else to say they appreciate you. Stop waiting on, listen, sometimes it's not going to be there. It's not that people uh, don't care about what's happening with you. Look at what was going on in the scripture. The Bible lets you know that all of the people were grieving. People have their own problems. People have their own issues happening in their lives. Sometimes they are not concentrating on what you are expecting as, way, as the way of encouragement. Don't worry about it. Sometimes you're going to have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Let's move on. Verse 7. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. See, during times of grief and despair, it's easy to lash out at others. But who is willing to inquire of God during those times when it's difficult, during those times when you're grieving? Are you still willing to inquire of God? See, our grief over perceived loss can cause us to miss out on God's plan. What do you mean, Pastor? Let's look at David for a moment. Everybody else is grieving. 
Not only are they grieving, now David, the Bible says, is greatly distressed. On top of his grief, he's distressed. Why? Because the people he's serving with now are talking about stoning him. So what does David do? Does David go out and take a pity party? Does David go out to the edge of the cliff and decide, ah, do I want to jump off or not? Does David decide, well, this is it. I'm going to walk away from everything. Or does David simply say, where's the priest so I can inquire of God? Where's my place where I could get in the presence of God? Where's my place where I could just go talk to God about what's going on? See, everybody's worried about their, their, their children now. Everybody's worried about their, their wives. Everybody's worried about their cattle, their possessions. All of those things have been taken. David says, you know what? Let me see. Can I still get a hold of God? Because you know what? My wife was important. My children were important. My possessions were important. But nothing can replace the presence of God. Let me go inquire of God. Even though I'm greatly distressed, even though I'm grieving, I still want to inquire. God, what are you saying? God, what do you want to do? Verse 9. So David went, he and the 600 men that were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men for 200 abode behind, which was so faint that they could not go over the brook Besor. Listen to this. If we are not careful, we can put so much energy into grieving over what we perceive was lost that we don't have enough energy to go to the battle. Go back and look at the text. They wept so much that they had no more power to weep. So now when it came time to fight, David took 600 men out of those 600, 200 was so tired, so faint, the Bible says, that they couldn't go any forth, further. So they had to be left there. People sometimes spend too much time grieving when they should be moving on. I'm not saying that there's not a place to grieve. I'm not saying that there's not a time to grieve. But I am saying that there is a place and a time to finish the grieving and to move on. I want to show you something in this text. I believe it's important in the season that we have entered into to be able to encourage yourself in the Lord. I believe it's important as we've entered into this season, so much stuff is happening around us that we can no longer draw from some of those outside resources we used to draw from. We can't just look. Think about this. People are no longer able to gather together the way we used to. So where's your encouragement coming from now? If you don't encourage yourself in the Lord, you will find yourself in a deficit of encouragement. Verse 11, the Bible says, and they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat and they made him drink water. They gave him a piece of, of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him for he had eaten no bread, nor drunk any water three days and three nights. Verse 13, and David said unto him, to whom belongest thou and whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt. I'm a servant to an Amalekite, and my master left me because three days ago I fell sick. I want to share something with you. If we don't encourage ourselves in the Lord, we will miss out on what has been waiting on our arrival. What do you mean, Pastor? If they would have kept grieving, if they would have stayed in their place of distress, distress and complexity, if they would have just allowed themselves 
to wallow in it. They would have never caught up with the Egyptian that had been left behind. The one that God has strategically allowed to be there waiting on their arrival. What does God have in your future? It's simply waiting on your arrival. But you've got to find the encouragement in the Lord to get up and get to it. What is it that God has strategically placed on the sidelines of life waiting on your arrival? But if you keep wallowing in what happened in 2020, what you didn't get there, you're never going to come to the place where you see God settle the accounts in this year. You're not going to get to the place where you see what God has already prepared for you simply waiting on your arrival. It's important that we encourage ourselves in the Lord. Verse 14, he says, we made an invasion upon the south of the Cherethites and upon the coast which belongeth to Judah and upon the south of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, swear unto me by God that thou will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master and I will bring thee down to this company. Let me share something with you. It's important that we learn not to shoot the messenger. It's important that we learn not to shoot the messenger. What do you mean, Pastor? Let's think about this for a second. David and 400 men have just, just captured an individual who happens to be a part of the army that destroyed his homeland, that has taken his wives and his children captive, that have taken all of their cattle, all of their possessions, if you will. Before we go forward in the story, I'd like to remind you of a couple things so you can maybe get the heart of David and these men. They think the worst is happening concerning their families. What do you mean? What would you think if someone had kidnapped your spouse and your children? What would be going through your mind about what they're doing to them at this very moment? What would you be thinking knowing that a few days ago, two to three days, they were captured? What kind of environment would you think that they were in? All of these things are weighing on the minds and the hearts of David and his men as they are pursuing these individuals. Now they have found a messenger who said, yes, my master and I, we were part of the party that did this. It's important that we learn not to shoot the messenger. Look at this. Their way of living has been drastically altered. The messenger is what allowed them the access to the camp. See, if they would have immediately found the messenger and simply discovered who he was and decided to kill him, they would no longer have access to the camp of the enemy that had taken their possessions. It's important that we learn not to shoot the messenger. Verse 16. And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. Listen to this. While you and I have been grieving over our perceived loss, the enemy has been celebrating his perceived victory. Let's read verse 16. Now, I want you to remember, we are with David and his company. We are experiencing the grief and the loss of our loved ones. 
We're recognizing that our homes have been destroyed. We're looking at what's happening to our children, what's happening to our wives, what's going on with the people that we love. They've been gone two to three days now. What could be possibly happening with them? And then all of a sudden, we're brought into a, a place where we can see the camp of the enemy. And we can see what the enemy's doing. The Bible says... They were eating and drinking and dancing. In other words, the enemy has been celebrating his perceived victory while we have been grieving our perceived loss. Well, why do you keep saying perceived, Pastor? Well, let me show you in verse 17. The Bible says, and David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men who rode upon camels and fled. The Bible says in verse 18, and David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away and David rescued his two wives. See, it was perceived because we thought they were lost. It was perceived because we were concerned about what was really happening to them. Did, were, were, were they being killed off? Were they being tortured? Were they being maimed? What was really happening to them? But the Bible says David recovered all that was lost. It was just a perception of loss. My grief was inspired by a perception of loss. It wasn't real. The enemy's celebration was perceived. He thought he had a victory. It was a matter of time before David and the camp were to come into there, into the enemy's camp and destroy them and recover all. But listen, the Bible says this. David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. See, godly encouragement will always precede victory. Godly recovery, I mean, I'm sorry, godly encouragement will always precede recovery. If you want to recover it, you need to first be encouraged in the Lord. You're not going to get it in a pity party. You're not going to get it sitting alone in your room with the lights cut off. You're not going to get it that way. That's not the way you recover what God has for you. Godly encouragement is necessary to recover what God has for us in this season. Verse 19. I'm almost finished. The Bible says, and there was nothing lacking to them. Neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. And David took all the flocks and the herds which they drave before those other cattle and said, this is David's spoil. What are you saying, Pastor? Very, very simply, David, let's, let's do it this way. David had some things before the enemy came and took them. David and his men had wives, they had children, they had flocks, they had herds, they had cattle. But notice this, the spoil that they, listen, listen, you got to get this. The spoil that they recovered was more than what they lost. Because if you caught the text, the Bible says that the Amalekites had went into the Philistines. It went to where the Philistines were and had first captured stuff from the Philistines. The Philistines were the sworn enemies of David. So the Amalekites had went to the Philistines first before they ever went to Judah and Ziklag. So what am I saying? The enemy of David, which was the Philistines, had suffered loss by the enemies of David, the Amalekites. So they had, in, in, when you really look at it, they had went and gathered from the enemy what had already belonged to David. 
So now he gets a double portion. He gets what he lost plus what they had took when they invaded the other enemies. I believe that if we encourage ourselves in the Lord, the spoil will include more than what we originally lost. It ain't just about getting back what you lost. It's about getting back what belonged to you. See, it's some things that belong to us that somebody else or some enemy has, has always had. Some things you didn't know belong to you. Some things you weren't even aware belong to you. But it's about getting back what belongs to you, not just recovering what you had lost. That's why we must encourage ourselves in the Lord in this season. I want to encourage you with this. Allow God to encourage you because there's much to recover in this season. Listen to me. Allow God to encourage you because there is much to recover in this season. Some of us don't realize how much really belongs to us. I'm not just talking about a 2020 thing. I'm not just talking about the stuff that we know of. David had no idea. He was going for his wife or his wives. The other men was going for their wives and their children. They were going for the cattle that they had lost. They didn't realize that when they come over the hill and they look at the camp of the enemy, that the enemy is singing, eating, and dancing because of all the spoil he's accumulated from different nations. I believe that God is bringing us to a season where there's so much to recover that we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Verse 21, and David came to the 200 men, which were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had made also to abide at the brook Besor. And they went forth to meet David and to meet the people that were with him. And when David came near to the people, he saluted them. Listen, as we go and recover the things that belong to us, I believe we should remember those that could not make it to this battle. You may just need them in the future. Remember those who couldn't do what you're able to do now. Remember those who weren't able to encourage themselves. Let's not look down on individuals who don't get it, who haven't caught what you've caught, who haven't seen what you've seen, who haven't heard what you've heard. Don't forget them. Remember them because you may need them in the next battle. Verse 22. Then answered all the wicked men and men of Belial, of those that went with David, and said, Because they went not with us, we will not give them aught of the spoil that we have recovered. Save to every man his wife and his children, that they may lead them away and depart. They said, we ain't giving them nothing. They ain't getting nothing but their own wives and their own children. They didn't go with us, they don't get nothing. Verse 23, then said David, Ye shall not do so, my brethren, with that which the Lord hath given us, who hath preserved us and delivered the company that came against us into our hand. You know, when we realize who gave us the victory, sharing the spoil is easy. Sometimes I believe we forget how we really became victorious, how God really preserved us, how God really allowed us to recover all. See, you can't be stingy when you know what God has done for you. You can't be so all wrapped up in your stuff when you know what God has done for you. So David says, no, 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 no. We're going to share with them just like they went with us. 
finally, and we're going to close with this. Well, verse 24 and verse 25, and we'll close. Verse 24 says, For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall part alike. You know, so David makes in his mind that from now on, what I want to do is make sure that they have the same that the people who went to war have. I have a question. I wonder if Ziklag would have been invaded and burned if someone had been left behind to guard it. When we come into 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1, we see that David is gone. We see that the men are gone with him. And we see the results of no one being left to guard the camp. Could it be that David realized that this is something that's necessary now? So I want to make sure that we celebrate everybody the same. Whether they had the ability to go to war at the time or not, I believe they should share in the spoils just like everybody else. Verse 25, and I'll close with this. The Bible says, And it was so from that day forward that he made it a statue and an ordinance for Israel unto this day. In other words, David said, From now on, this is the way it's going to be. It's going to become law. It's part of the way we do warfare. I close by saying this. There's something to be learned from every battle. Sometimes what you learn in a battle stays with you forever. David learned some things in Ziklag. He learned the importance of one inquiring of the Lord, even though everybody else may be against you. He learned the importance of making sure you leave somebody to guard the stuff. Sometimes we think that things are not as important until we suffer loss. Let's make sure we encourage ourselves in the Lord. Because without the encouragement of the Lord, how will we face the obstacles of life? We have an advantage, beloved, as believers. We have the advantage of being able to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Never take that for granted. Grief and distress will happen to all of us. But we have the advantage of being able to inquire of the Lord and encourage ourselves. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. And I pray that you would allow God to encourage you. There's so much to be recovered in this season. I know things may be in disarray all around us, but that's why we must partake of the privilege and the advantage of being able to inquire of the Lord and encourage ourselves. You can embrace the kingdom movement if you encourage yourself in the Lord. You don't have to be swept away by everything that's happening if you encourage yourself in the Lord. But listen, to those of you all that may not know the Lord, you cannot encourage yourself in the Lord if you do not have a relationship with him. And I want to encourage you right now. I want to plead with you by the mercies of God in this hour and this season it is the most important decision you could possibly make is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I am not sharing with you a church formula. I am sharing with you the plan of salvation. 
This is not about what church you go to. This is not about a denomination. Uh, see, David didn't have time to go to a quote-unquote church, but he had time to inquire of the Lord. What I'm sharing with you is you need to have a relationship with God. Please don't miss that. If you're listening to me and you know you're not saved, what do you mean saved? The wrath of God is coming on our world. The wrath of God is coming. That's what you're getting saved from. You're getting saved from the impending doom that's coming on this planet. Well, well, maybe I got time. Maybe you don't. Because if you die without a relationship with Jesus Christ, you will spend all eternity in hell. The only way out is by accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior while you're still alive. Well, what do you mean accepting Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for your sins. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. He is the only substitute for the sins of mankind that God has accepted. You can't do enough good to get into heaven. He is the only way out. He is our only plan of salvation. He is not a plan. He is the plan, the only one. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Listen, if you want to be saved, I'll give you what to do right here. A simple prayer to pray, to pray and simply be honest with, be, before you and God. I want you to bow your head with me now and let's pray. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. I believe you were buried. I believe you rose again on the third day. I accept your death, your burial, and your resurrection on my behalf. Come into my life and be Lord and Savior of my life. Amen and amen. If you've prayed that prayer, you are now part of the family of God. Your life has been changed from death to life. You have the life of God in you right now. The Bible says the angels rejoice over one sinner that comes to repentance. I want to thank you for making a decision to change your life. I want to also extend to you an invitation to call us on the prayer line. If you have anything you want us to pray about, not just salvation, but anything. Anything you, you want to pray about, you want God to help, you want God to intervene in your life. We have individuals standing by who are willing to pray with you right now. If you're there, whether you're saved or whether you, 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 you want to know more about salvation, call us. Call the number to serve. That's our prayer line where we have people willing to help you. Listen, if you want to email, we also have an email. You can email us your story. You can tell us what you want, and we'll make sure that someone reaches back out to you. The point is, we want to connect with you. You're not alone. You're not alone. Allow us the opportunity to extend to you the love of God. I pray that God will richly bless you and that this message has been an encouragement to you. I want to say thank you again for taking the time to tune in to be a part of our broadcast. And also, if you would like to give, we have a, a link that's on our website that you feel more than, uh, you're more than uh, welcome to come and be a part of our giving here. We thank God for people who understand the importance of being a part of the work of God. May God richly bless you and keep you.